from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I know I say that to start the show, but I really mean it, and I try to live it. <laughs> Sometimes not very good at it. Uh, if, if you uh, see me before eight in the morning, make sure I've had my coffee. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jane Lee is uh, our guest giggling. Sorry, I can't Jane, help it. That was good. Good to see you. Yes, you too. Good to be here. Thank you. I, I, you know, it's like you know, you, we, we talk about the real serious problems of addiction, and and I guess we're all addicted to something, and. Uh, uh, I'm not a big it's coffee true. drinker, but I do get that one jolt in the morning. <laughs> thank you, That's Lord. True. For, yes, uh, thank you, Lord, for, for coffee. Giving us coffee. And yes, coffee and tea and things like that. But but you really but you really do live it. I can say that from knowing you. You really do live it to make to rejoice in the day. I yeah, think. you know, uh, you know, I get up in the morning and look in the mirror if I'm still here, uh, and I tell my kids that that. And, and my and my wife Shelley tells them that too. You know, is that if if you're here, there's a reason you're still here. Mm-hmm. You could be 105 years old, you could be five years old, but if you're here today, there's a mission today. There's a reason you're here today. It's not like, well, I I had my life and I did pretty good, and and now right. I'm retired or whatever, and and I'm I'm I don't have any influence. I right. don't have any, any use. ability yeah. to, I'm just going to kind of live out my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, I mean, I, I know my mom who died at age 92, she was a force of nature till the day she died. Wow. She was, in, she had, you know, as parents, obviously we think we have influence on our kids. My mom, grandma to my kids. Mm-hmm. She had more influence in her little finger than I did. I mean, over my kids, mm-hmm. they they knew they knew she was a force for good, mm-hmm. you know, and they knew that her love was like the love of God, of right? God, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, she lived by example, but she lived by unconditional love, mm-hmm. and. It to this day, they remember her. Mm, you know, that's they, beautiful. They remember her. Parents and really have a role. We 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 we're it's under pressure right now. But the role of a parent, the role of a grandparent, is probably the one of the most significant in humanity, especially in a child's life. And, and I love what you and your wife are doing with your children already. You're framing the day for them. God has designs on your day. Yeah, and that's what's going on in the bigger picture and, and we're called to do that as parents and starting this ministry god's heart and hands ministry is seeing us as parents that we are between god and our children we have a huge huge piece to play we're a conduit yeah. and we're, we're also we give context and we guide and everything you talked about you and what you just talked about your mom that's huge and we can't forget that it, it gets downplayed but it's very influential well you know i mean you may be a, a teenager and you're going to Go to school today, and uh, then if you're still in school, some some schools are out, some are still in. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son just had his final 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 day of high school because he's a senior today, mm-hmm. and um, you know you're going to go play pickleball with your friends. Mm-hmm. Well, there there's a, a lot of ways to play pickleball. Uh-huh. You can cheat. <laughs> you oh, can, okay. You can not right. cheat. You can. Uh, uh, give your opponent the benefit of the doubt on a shot that's close because you're right. calling your own lines True. you know your your own referees and and you can get mad and and mm-hmm. be upset that you lost or you mm-hmm. didn't play well or you can realize it's just a game and uh uh congratulate your opponent for beating mm-hmm. you and that's, you know. that simple thing, that really small thing you just talked about, look at the influence it has and how the other the other players, the opponent, maybe yeah. and, and people watching even, children watching, yeah. um, will walk away from that, from your how your son 
experienced that and what they did. And that's the influence of parenthood and how, and I would offer that that actually goes back to an an earlier ripple effect of how you framed his day and every day that he did. And, and that's important that we recognize that as parents, we, we have, we bring that to them and they carry it forward. Yeah. I I remember my dad when, when I first got old enough to play little league, um, it was like the only thing he cared about. I mean, yeah, he wanted me to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. He wanted us to win the game. There, there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. But not at the expense of sportsmanship. Right. And he, he always... He, had the big, he held the bigger picture yeah, for you. He always emphasized that, you know, whatever game you play, you realize he wasn't a coach. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have respect for your opponent. He's trying to do the same thing you're trying to do. He's trying to win. Mm-hmm. And... And it's it's sport. It's I mean it it can be real important in people's lives. It can be mm-hmm. the most important thing for a lot of people. But um, honor and respect your opponent. Mm-hmm. Always be fair because there there are a lot of games that don't have referees or umpires. Mm-hmm. And even if they do, they make mistakes. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities to cheat in sports. Mm-hmm. There just are. Mm-hmm. And beyond everything else. You cheat yourself. You do because they're not going to want to play again. Well, they're not going to want to engage. What, I think one of the one of the reasons, maybe me, uh, that you wanted to win, mm-hmm. sometimes badly, was because I, I think it was it was ego, self esteem. Like, am I good enough to play whatever the sport was at this level, mm-hmm. or was, am I good enough? This guy's really good. I like, let's say you're on the tennis court. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one on one. It's just the two right. of you. You don't have any teammates to pass off to, mm-hmm. and and if I knew, and and this guy, maybe he's ranked above me, mm-hmm. and so it would be a big deal for me to beat him. Mm-hmm. But if I cheat to win, it it hurts beyond all the moral issues. Right. It hurts me because I know I didn't really beat him. Right, but we have something going on right now that that's fine for them to walk away with that they'll carry that i still won but we've forgotten the bigger picture of that god caught it and there will be a time of reckoning well there will be a time of reckoning but even even for me there would be a time of reckoning right now because i know i didn't really beat him Mm -hmm. and the the reason i wanted to beat him was to prove to myself I was that good. Right, you wanted to prove it and you wanted to be that good. Yeah. Yes. And yes. And, and now I uh, yeah, the the world thinks I beat him, mm-hmm. but I know I didn't beat him. I cheated. Right. Him. And I would offer that goes back to your dad. That he framed back, it for you. He told to you what dad. was because yeah. sportsmanship is being truthful. Yeah. And 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 acknowledging today was your day to win. You know, if we're evenly matched, yeah. today was your day. Or if one is higher than the other, then the other one's turned to win. Like, that was their turn. It's all part of a bigger picture that that our parents frame for us and the context. And that's where this, what seems like the, probably, if we could talk to your dad, the small thing to him at the time, because he probably taught you so much. But that one thing, look how it rippled forward. Yeah. And and parenthood ripples forward. We set the, the precedent, and they don't always follow it, as we know, but <clears throat> we set the expectation of what they should be doing. We provide the framework, if you will, within the house. We frame right. the house, and then they have to take that, and they choose or not choose, as we know, to move forward in that. But as seeing ourselves with having that, and, and your, I bet your dad didn't take it to be, oh, I am God, so I'm between God and my child, this bigger, right. which is really what's going on. He saw it was out of his heart. I want my my children to have this, to right. to, to be the best they can be, and we know that that's being truthful, yeah. And and allow and and congratulating your opponent when they won, yeah. and being, uh, what would you call it, big enough, uh, mature enough to to honestly congratulate the other person when they win, because that's what we want is a match well played, yeah. Because you want to win purely and we have to and things are being really clouded right now with children because there's so much more input into a family now. I would offer that in your dad's time, it was what your mom and your dad did. But now we have so much coming in. There's a ton. Yes. And, and, and parents have to deal with all of that. 
you know, and, and the things that just weren't there before. And so now it's time that for us to be more firm and more clear. I think it takes more work to be a, a, I will call a good parent being a present parent that pays attention to the things that are coming in and make, realizes they have a voice with their child. Well, I think that, you know, I think one of the problems, major problem in society, especially with youth, but I think it affects all of us, is social media, whether it's mm -hmm. it's a voice, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Right. Or I, I don't. It doesn't matter, but I it's a voice. Know all of those, but mm -hmm. there's there's a ton of them, and the best way to get attention, hits, likes, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Which which seems to be that seems to be the or, or comments mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, even even newspapers now mm -hmm. um, that they've gone to their online editions mm -hmm. the employees know it's about clicks right you know oh and they can well, actually track how long you're looking at an article yeah, if you look what you do uh, you know you're I know you spent a lot of time on your story and it was brilliantly written and you only got eighty clicks only 80 people in our whole circulation read that and what's interesting is when they used to publish the newspaper when it went to your house they had no idea they had no idea no no once in a while they would take uh having been a journalist my whole mm -hmm. life they would have a they'd take a survey mm -hmm. you know but even that would be skewed because they would they would print like a a ballot or something right. uh, your favorite columnist your favorite sports writer your mm -hmm. favorite feature all that, and and they would just tally them up, mm -hmm. and and there's some legitimacy to it. But uh, if you had a big family, they could all fill it out, right, <laughs> you know? right, and you'd be number one. Mm -hmm. But uh, but now the the best way to attract attention is to be snarky and to be yes, um, to I mean just don't write a big long essay explaining something right. just go for the knockout punch it can be right. 50 words but boy you really said it you said i think this is boom 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 wow. boom mm -hmm. you know and you get all these likes and you get all this attention and you're you're punching people out while you do that mm -hmm. you're whether i mean most of us think politicians are fair game but they're even human beings Right. Sometimes it seems like they're not. Right. And, right. And and in in many ways they are fair game because they're actually setting the rules for society. They're mm -hmm. setting the standards for society. So when they really go off the rails, they they kind of deserve a comeuppance mm -hmm. if you if you will. right right. They need people to speak truth but, back to but them. People are especially you you see it with with teenagers. They're doing it to each other. Right. They're body shaming people and they're mm -hmm. doing all this stuff there's no there's no grace for an honest mistake no and no or a differing or opinion who, or just who right. you are right i mean uh, we have i mean some kids aren't as smart as other kids some mm -hmm. kids aren't as good looking as other kids some kids can't play baseball as good as other kids mm -hmm. and uh, billy struck out four times and he what an idiot he is. And he put it on social media. Right. With his picture. Right. You know, that you snapped at the game. And we've eliminated that face-to-face -face response. What happens that happens to Billy response. when he sees that? Right. You know. And, and yeah, you got a lot of attention because, you, you boy, you really said it. Mm -hmm. you know? And we know that people will say things online that they never will say in person. Oh, no. And they'll agree to things online that they will never agree to in person. Yeah. And, and. Part of the, that's part of the reason that parenting has become takes so much more effort to pay attention. I can see a shift in kids being a private math tutor and being around so many children from very young through college that when they a cell phone comes into their life to where they have it, it, they change very quickly. Yeah. They they it hardens them almost and they become defensive so to speak. They lose that childhood innocence and and flow about life. And we as parents, we have to just set these boundaries where we didn't before. And so going back to the newspaper article is the long in the past the they knew by subscription rate how they were doing they had their mission this is the kind of paper we are you can see by right. and how many and if they lost and gained it was the bigger they let things mature they right. let it evolve they let it they let it um, percolate 
But now it's an instant response, and it's a very short-term response. And so much like our human behavior, it's becoming a very short-term response. And we can see already by the very serious mental health issues that are going on with our teens um, and younger that it's, it's not a positive and that parents really need to like step into the to the breach, so to speak, and say we're not doing cell phones or we're going to a dumb phone. Um, you know, what's basically if I need to get a hold of you, you can right. text, but there's no internet access, no social right. media, and there's a shift in the kids. They balk at it, but they're really relieved in the long term because it pulls them out of that. If somebody complained that I struck out four times, I don't know any different. Right. And so I might hear about it, I might not, but. Having that barrier as parents and setting it in, that's a huge gift for what we do. And this last Saturday, I went to the ordination at the cathedral. And the first thing the priest does is he gives the blessing to the parents. His first blessing goes to the parents, part of the the ritual, right? And in that moment, for me, and never having been to one and just so in awe of just the beauty of the entire process and in the cathedral and so on, it went back to family. It spoke to family. The influence of the parents in that young man's life. Right. And that's huge. And it really speaks to we as parents. We're so phenomenally influential. I think that's why God built so much boredom into the job, because <laughs> it's a balance, because it's so influential. I met a man years, decades ago, and he said the one mistake at that point, he had teenagers, he wished he had not taught his daughter to color in between the lines when she was about seven. He was just, this is the way it needs to be. And he said it only took about 30 minutes. Well, he realized long term, as we all do, that it was limiting her ability to think outside the box and to reason when something was appropriately outside the box and when it was not. And 10 years later, he wished he had that one afternoon, he wished that he would embrace and let it flow and see where would she would have gone rather than coming in with this. And it was, it's a small thing, but it showed me how influential parenthood is and that we're called to be God's heart and hands. And what did Jesus do at the cross at the very end? What's one of the last things he said? Woman, here's your son. Mm -hmm. Here's your mother. It's almost like he he brought motherhood back, parenthood, and and brought gave it special attention to right. say, you know, because the last things we say are what are most meaningful, right? What are we gonna, what are we going to say at the end? And it brought attention back to that. And if we go forward with Mary and her motherhood into the to the, and the Acts of Apostles, and the Acts of the Apostles, where you read before the resurrection that Mary was there with them. She walked alongside them right. in their grief, in their shock. And she was the God's heart and hands, if you will, the bridge from before the resurrection to after the resurrection to the beginning of the church. Right. She held them together and, and moving forward. And so everything we're talking about it as, as parents, it's so crucial, and yet it's so big. How are parents, how are we going to regroup? Because all, everything you're talking about is huge. These kids' lives are being devastated by social media. And that's just one small piece. You know, how are we going to do that almost like culturally, society-wise? And I would offer it comes back to prayer, the rosary. It's the mom and the dad coming back to It's what you do and, and Shelly does when they frame your child's day. You just brought God into the middle of it. Is that what we do? Is it that? How do we? Because I know there's a lot of families out there trying to get everything well, turned right. Well, it has to be um, modeled by the parents. I mean, on an everyday. I mean, you know, you can we can hear. Um, you could be out for a ride and you hear an ambulance, and you say to your kids, "Let's let's let's say a prayer for everybody." That's we don't know any where that ambulance is going or anything else, but we know. Somebody is in a perhaps desperate situation. Somebody maybe made a terrible mistake. Um, somebody is in mm-hmm. bad shape. Let's just say a, a, a quick prayer for them. Mm-hmm. And beyond the fact that you really are saying a prayer for whoever's involved in whatever that siren is about, um, maybe it's somebody had a heart attack. Um, you're modeling to your kids that you believe in God mm. on a Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not like okay, it's Sunday morning, we're going to mass, whether you like it or not. 
you know. Right. And we're going to sit there and we're going to behave, and depending on their age, you know. Right. And uh, um, we're going to bribe you because we're going to go out for pancakes afterwards. And, you right. know, um, that's, that's great. But on a, on a Tuesday afternoon at 3 o'clock, you're saying, let's say a prayer. Let's, right. You know. Right, you're encountering life. Yeah, you just ordered a pizza, and you're going to watch the NBA playoffs on TV, and everybody's diving into the pizza, and you say, whoa, 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 let's, let's say grace. Right. Not in some, I'm holier than you. Right. Because when the pizza arrives, everybody <laughs> right, right. doesn't even make it to the table, mm-hmm. you know, and those, those little reminders that God's real. God's real to mom and dad. Mm. God's real. It's not just, oh, on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. God's real at all times. All times. So it's it's integral in your life, actually. Yeah. It's integral, and that's huge. I mean, uh, one of our daughters, uh, who's a, uh, at City College, Sacramento mm-hmm. City College, uh, but they have a campus on the UC Davis campus, Sacramento City College does. And so she, she goes there. Mm-hmm. And w- we live in Davis. And she, one day, she was, I don't know, there was a, if there was an announcement or she ran into somebody that said, but she discovered the Davis Newman Center, which mm-hmm. is 99.9% UC Davis students. Uh-huh. You know, there's one on, at Sacramento State, there's one at Chico State. But they didn't care if she goes to City College. And it's there for community college kids mm-hmm. as well. But they're, the three in the Diocese of Sacramento are located Chico State, Sacramento State, UC Davis. Not directly on the campus, but very close. All three are very like mm-hmm. right across the street from the campus. And, and she started going to the Newman Center. And then she started going to Adoration. Mm. And... You know, sometimes they they have a function from seven to nine in the evening on a weekday evening, and and um, I said, so what'd you what'd you do? Well, we had dinner and then we had adoration. Well, what'd mm. you think of that? I love adoration. Oh. She loves adoration. Wow. She's being an example to us. Wow. You know, like you know, and a child shall lead them. Right. You know, because. Yeah, it, it, and it's just like, wow, how did, Lord, you're working in mysterious ways here. You know? Can I offer that you and Shelly laid the groundwork for it? Because it was a, a natural part of your life. Yeah. And so still. you gave her the foundation. You plowed the field, so to speak. And so these are germinating, that it's taking I mean, root. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's really strange because she's one who has some learning issues, I guess mm-hmm. would, would be the best way to describe it, and had you know, AIDS and everything uh, all through Mm -hmm. elementary school, high school, everything. Mm -hmm. Didn't have the whatever to to go to a a four-year school. Mm -hmm. So started at City College, which takes everybody. And and you can take a couple of, you can take an art class, you Mm -hmm. can take a music class. You don't have to take chemistry your Uh first time. And somehow... That led to her discovering Newman, to discovering really on her own adoration. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. And she's surrounded by these really good kids, you know, who really, they're really good kids. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, if, if, if you're worried about your kids' friends, get them involved in Newman. Because mm-hmm. um, those, those people are, they're good people. You know, and um, they had last weekend. They had their their annual dinner, uh-huh. know, their fundraising dinner, and um, and Shelley and I went, and it was mostly new, but it was in the whole community's invited. You know, and there were some parents there and some non Newman people who came to the, the the big event. But just seeing all those kids, and so they had a talent show, and seeing oh. seeing you know them and they served they they made the dinner and served the dinner and just seeing all that you know these are good people mm-hmm. you know these are the kind of you know you're always worried about who your kids are hanging out with and uh, right. because they say <laughs> from about junior high school on yeah 
the parents' influence wanes just as mm-hmm. you know the peer influence Comes increases. In. Right. And to see somebody college age associating, and and it's we're not saying hey, why don't you go to Newman? Why hey, why don't you go to Newman? Right. She, she she wants to go to Newman. Mm-hmm. You know. Wow. She it's, um, wants to be with those kids. Wow. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. But it, it reminds me of Proverbs 22, 6. Train the young in the way they should go. Even when old, they will not swerve from it. So you trained her. You introduced her to the concept of God. It was part of her life. It's part of our children's lives, and we sure. do it in such that way. And I would offer that, that that opposite, we always think of, okay, you train them towards God, and they won't swerve from it. But also, if we train them according to the world, they won't turn back, most likely. It's a much bigger job for God to turn them back away from the world. And so parenting anymore can't be casual, can't be indirect. We have to be very present for it, for which way, because a lot of people are now training our children, not just us. It's, it's as if our, our house has a lot more windows that we don't know about, but they're there. There's people yeah. that are able to, to bring things visually, verbally, you know, influence-wise. And so it's taking a lot more effort as far as being a t- uh, aware of it and just participating in it. Well, and even, even, you know, it's even as simple as going to the doctor as kids get older. There were moral calls that a doctor just, he, has a, he or she has a set of, Right. You know, and, and when you're dealing with with three year olds it's pretty much all the same. They're not Right. They're not influencing them, they're just trying to take care of them, make the ear their virus go away right. or whatever, you know. Um, but as they get older, uh, teenagers go to a doctor mm-hmm. or a counselor. They they have ideas about the world. Mm-hmm. And they have ideas about what a healthy teenager is or mm-hmm. a healthy young adult is. Mm-hmm. And and that's how they practice medicine. You know, it seems right. like, well, and, uh, that doesn't have anything to do with medicine. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, there's, you know, there's birth control. There's mm-hmm. abortion. There's all kinds of things that involve medicine and ethics, mm-hmm. which, yeah, with three-year-old, you pretty much just penicillin right uh-huh, <laughs> you know right. but but as as the kids get older doctors are influencers in terms of well yes. we think you should be on the pill or we think right you know like they just and it's for many that's just standard stuff it's right. not even a moral it's not even a moral call that's mm-hmm. just like we think you should eat your fruits and vegetables we think you should be on the pill right we, you know it's and those those are things where parents really have to have a role. Mm-hmm. You think, well, they're all almost all grown up and blah blah blah, and they have to make their own decisions. Yeah, right. And I would offer a generation ago, those decisions didn't have the consequences they do now. Right. And so there is more to it. We do have to educate them for a lot more than they have to be educated sooner. The, the issues they were facing in college generation ago were now they're now facing in high school, and it's starting to drizzle down into middle school. And as well, and we do have to help them figure it out a whole lot sooner, you yeah. know, and we have to talk about things that we didn't normally have to, they, even though they're not going to encounter it in their life, we may not know it. I mean, we know that they won't, we still have to because someone else is. Yeah. And I know several parents right now that are really feeling the uh, split apart and, and ineffective because there's so much coming in. And I would offer that in those situations, yeah, they're battling a lot. And it goes back to the spiritual weapon that we knew. And it's prayed with a firmness and a warrior-like parental attitude is the rosary. Is we call on all of that. We have to. We have to hold our ground. And I know parents that are just edging towards giving up when the forces are too big. If they give up, it's not going to be, a, there's no chance for a good a good outcome. And basically all they can do is keep the door open and, mm-hmm. and do the miracle thing, which is, and that's what we can do sometimes. We just keep the door open. We keep praying. We're the ones that are going to stand in the way. And I, and I call it being God's doorstop. We don't have to do any, actually we can't do anything in some cases, but we keep the door open to God. We keep his presence coming in. We're, we're diving into our faith with both fists like we never have before. And that's 
huge for us to do that because so much of it is like they they're taught unfortunately and they're getting the message of you don't have to tell your parents or you shouldn't tell your parents Mm -hmm. or don't listen to what they're saying well that's a problem why are they doing that why why are they coming in and doing that and and after that it doesn't matter why the point is someone is telling them because i remember when an adult an organization said that to my son and he was 17 and i said but you're not taking on all the ramifications you're telling him that he can do all of this, yet he's still under on my dime and under my roof. And you're creating a, a sense of freedom on his part where he doesn't have the maturity mm-hmm. and the life experiences to handle what that entails. Now, if you'd like to take on all the consequences and you'd like to have him go live in your house, take the whole picture. Right. But don't – and they're splitting it apart. They're splitting it apart where, you, you know, you can do this, but, oh, we're not going to take on the consequences. So you just we just want you to know that you have this freedom. Right. Whoa, no, because it's. A, I remember battling my son and saying, you can't pick and choose which parts of adulthood mm-hmm. that you want. And he said, when are you going to back off? And I said, when you're supporting yourself completely, it's not my responsibility. I won't be calling you up, at, talking to you about these things. I guarantee it. Until then, I have responsibility, maybe not in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God, yep. I do. And and ultimately, well, that, uh, ultimately you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't end though when they leave. It doesn't end when no. they're fifty years old. No, it doesn't <laughs> end. But there's a little more responsibility on their part, capab- uh, culpability, yeah. participation in well, it. Well, I think I think as as kids get older, and uh, it happened way too fast in my estimation. It but, does. But um, there, you have you have a different way of influence. You're still influencing by the way mm-hmm. you live your life. Right. But letting them know uh, because there are major problems in adulthood. Mm-hmm. There are major problems. They may be marital problems. They you may have uh, health you, problems. You, they may have health problems. Right. They may have a kid who's has uh, all kinds of problems. Right. You know, and, and they're struggling trying to do the right thing with, with the kid who's bipolar or something right. you know and um and they really they really want your opinion mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean i i wanted my mom's opinion till the day she died mm-hmm. you know i wanted my dad's opinion till the day he died mm-hmm. you, you know, recognize uh, their wisdom yeah and right and and that they probably have been through some of those things mm-hmm. and um they they they're always going to be my parents. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be my kids' parents, whether they're five years old or fifty years old. Mm-hmm. And that's, and and they want, they still want that at any age. Mm-hmm. They still, you know, they don't want you uh, calling them up and screaming at them, right? Um, but I, f- I feel fortunate. That that's I do too. They come never, back. They call back. They call up when they need it's, it's, when they it's, can't figure it's it all out. Never anything I ever had to. I never had to scream at my kids. Yeah, we we had disagreements and mm-hmm. and, and uh, frustrations, and you know, try to keep them on the on the right path and all that. But right. it, was, it never never reached that. You know, some mm-hmm. I think sometimes parents get fooled too. You know, some kids some kids are just they're very engaging and they're very uh-huh. they're out doing something that you can't believe. But right, it, as far as I know, that hasn't happened. But mm-hmm. but but you hear it. Very, very frequently, you know, I mean, that they're one thing at home and they go out the door to. Yes, it can happen. To go to the movie with their friends and that's not exactly where they are. Right. And we don't have control over the choices our children ultimately make. You're right. We give them the foundation. We give them the structure and it's up to them. And we're there, like you said, for consulting when they need when they need help with something, when something big comes up. And in in JP2 and Familiar's Consortio, he he, uh, a quote from it, emphasize four general tasks for the family, forming a community of persons, serving life, participating in the development of society. And the last is sharing in the life and mission of the church. And the one that really stood out for me in the view of the ordination and how we parents are gatekeepers for our children. Of God sent them with plans to contribute to society and in the bigger picture and talents they have is participating in the development of society, is framing for our children they're part of a bigger picture that God has planned for them. And our job as parents is we in, we can influence it one way or the other. Getting back to Proverbs 22, 6, to train the young in the way they should go. 
is are we going to train them towards listening for the Holy Spirit, uh, that relationship with God, knowing God's voice and what God would want for us and, and the beauty and the structure the church gives us to help us in that pursuit? Or are we going to train them towards education, mortgage, car, you know, and so on? And that's part of the thing. We could do it casually before, but now as parents, we have to actually understand that that's our role. Yeah. And and the beauty of our church is we've got so much richness to help frame it as parents to just JP2 back in the, what was that, the 60s when he wrote that, participating in the development of society. You, child, were born with talents. And whatever they look like, God has a plan for you in society, for things for you to do, people for you to meet, people that will be influenced by you that you will also influence. You have an important piece. And then getting back to how you frame the day for your children. This is the day the Lord has made. You are part of it. You're part. Of, if you're still here, he has plans for you. Yep. And, and so giving a sense, kind of clearing the sandstorm for parents is it comes back to the basics. And going back to it, these these things are just everything we're talking about, social media and involvement in parents and family and what they're doing. It's it's all distraction. Yeah. And we don't actually have to try to figure all that out, but bringing it back to God. And I would offer that the pieces on the table have just gotten shifted. But if you put God back in the center, your daughter with adoration, I love when I'm in adoration in the evenings and I see families come in in that sweet peace between dinner and before getting mm-hmm. ready for bed when everybody's fed and happy. And they come in for 15 minutes and then they go home. It's just returning back to God, putting us back in his presence. What that means, it shores us up, it heals us. And just so beautiful that your daughter just loves it. Yeah, yeah. Just right the experience. Out of, right out of the blue, you know. And, and, and I think it's important the, the younger the kids are, that they see our faith, they see church, they see adoration, they see all the sacraments as opportunities. As uh, it's it's sometimes hard to do, but when you when you turn it into a have to, we have to go to mass and we mm-hmm. have to do this and we have to do that. Um, that's where when they get old enough, frequently they're going to say, "Well, I don't have to do that anymore." Like I have to eat my vegetables. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. you know, right? Um, I mean, obviously, there there are things you hope become habits. You know, hope they brush their teeth and mm-hmm. and you know take a shower and right. you know and and do uh, do all those things, but um, that you don't want to make it just an obligation. I, I've always said with, and I know why they call them holy days of obligation, but I, I, I say they're holy days of opportunity. Yes. You know, going, going to mass, going to adoration, praying the rosary. What, what an opportunity. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a hard day and there's something coming up tonight. That's really got me stressed and mm-hmm. I'm going to pray the rosary. I'm going to just offer, I'm going to say, Hey, Help me, help, help me get through this. Wow. It's an opportunity. I mean, imagine, I mean, I was selling, I said, what if we didn't have God? What if, what if it was just, what if, number one, God didn't exist? Right. I mean, I remember right. years ago, there was a Time magazine cover and it said, is God dead? It was right. this provocative Yes, cover, I think, yes, you know, it was, yes. Like, like, he's not in a picture anymore kind of thing. But I mean, uh, not just that we didn't. Well, it, it'd be just bad. You don't believe in God. I mm-hmm. mean, we have all these problems. Every family has problems, right? Um, every family, hopefully, has a, a lot of joys. Mm-hmm. But what if what if we didn't have God? Like this is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. There's no way to fix it. There's no way it's ever getting better. Oh wow! And one way we're just going to be sad and die, you know, like right. wow. Um, and so I, I see mass, the Eucharist, adoration, the Rosary, uh, charity, all those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't it interesting that God gave us charity, which allows us to actually feel good about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can say, mm-hmm. well, man, charity, you know, you gave somebody five bucks and now you're walking around like you're king of the hill because you gave somebody five dollars, you know. Um, it's kind of selfish, isn't it? You know, like 
why are you feeling good about yourself because you gave some guy some money? Is it is it how God wired us I that it actually did. does but feel actually, better to you give? You feel good right. when you help somebody. Right. We're wired We're that wi- way. Like, um, was it St. Augustine that said our, our hearts are restless till it finds itself in God? Yeah. We and, have that hole in the middle yeah, that only God so, can fill. Um, you, you do something that helps somebody. Mm-hmm. You actually feel better. You do. You, you know, do. I mean, you know, you know, the old I, I cried because I had no shoes until mm-hmm. I saw a man who had no feet. Mm-hmm. Or um, I've seen this from many, many a quote from many, many people. Um, if you, if you're if you're down and out, find somebody that's more down and out than you mm-hmm. are and help them. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you won't feel so down and out. It's actually self-serving, you know. It is, and right. not in a not in a bad way. No, you're not taking but, something but from them. You're you're trying you, to put yourself back into trying to adjust your yeah, perspective. I think you basically, hit it right, that we're we're wired that way. Mm-hmm. That helping someone makes us feel good, right? And that doesn't happen in the animal kingdom. It no, doesn't. Uh huh. You know. The that's true. Lion about to pounce on the uh, whatever Giselle or elk yeah, or something, yeah, right? Not going, well, he's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a baby, when a baby enters the room, the whole room lights up. Yeah. There's something intrinsic about a baby, a toddler, that joy, that innocence. We're wired for it, yeah. And and it goes against our it goes against our wiring that for for women to be convinced that it's healthcare to make a choice to stop the yeah. life growing within you. We know it goes against, yeah. and, and we've had too many stories of women coming out and saying, it's just not been settled with right. me since. Right. And fortunately we've been able to meet them where they are through Rachel's vineyard and so right. on to help them because it, it, it they were convinced that that's what right. it is. So with that, it's just that life that, that we are wired for certain things that do, we cannot change. Yeah, I mean, you make somebody laugh and you feel better. Yes. You know, you I mean, do. You, you do. You think, oh. Well, like I, I do it in the grocery the grocery store line with a checker. You can tell sometimes that they're really beleaguered and 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 worn down. And it's being in service, customer service, I think is one of the hardest jobs because you have to keep smiling and people cannot be courteous sometimes. And you have to keep smiling at them. And so try to engaging them in conversation, saying, you know, how's it going? Everybody nice today? And they're sighing and just making that human contact, giving them a place to just talk about it. And I said, well, I'm really sorry. I think you have the hardest job in the world. And there's there's a sigh. There's a release because someone just acknowledging them um, as a human being. I've learned it from Mother Teresa, how she saw Christ in everyone, right? Right, right? And so I've really made it a point since then of understanding that is that's what's on the other side. And just human to human, yep. can I just help that human just feel more settled in the role that they're called to do yep. in that moment? And there is a, there's a, there's a, there's, it may, they may not always smile, but there's less tension in their face. And is that not this kind of the same thing? It feels good just to, to see their burden and say, Hey, I, I see your burden. Yep. I can't make it, I can't make it any better, but I can tell you, I see it. And that somehow helps them. I remember the, the, one of the things that my kids remember from childhood is on the, 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 the toll bridge paying for the guy behind you Mm. they first time we did that i think the toll was only 50 cents Uh, it was easier huh (laughs) yes now it's a like a mortgage payment Uh but but you know and 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 always let the kids sit in the seat that's gonna let them pay the toll oh okay you know hand the dollar bill to get them have the experience and roll down their window uh-huh. And now, you know, all the tolls are license plated and you're not actually. Oh, there's no money involved now? Most okay. of the time. it's If you go to the Bay Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, you'll get a bill. Oh, wow. Or you maybe you have some kind of a pass. And okay. It just, but it's all license plate. Okay. But, but so it was 50 cents. So you you hand the, the toll taker a dollar and you say, I'm paying for the guy behind me. Mm-hmm. And they don't have any problem with it. Right. You can't do that, sir. No, right. You know, and the person be and and then you you kind of go slowly out and 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 the kids are they're turned around right. And they're watching, watching. watching, and you'll see the person trying to pay. Uh huh. And they keep putting their hand out with the money, 
<laughs> and the guy's explaining, and he's pointing to the car ahead. And right. He, and the guy, it doesn't register because right. they're, not, they're not ready for it. Right. Know? And they keep trying to do it, and finally they go. And then they can't wait to to catch up with you and wave and oh. smile and laugh. And, and wow. it's like it's like this great moment in time. Right. You, you know, and um, it's gotten too expensive to do. <laughs> but oh. but, but it, th- they still talk about that. The other thing that is interesting to me um, in all the vacations we've taken and, mm-hmm. and what was so memorable and what wasn't, and it's always the worst restaurant you ever ate in. It was awful. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. The rug was dirty and, uh-huh. uh, you know, some small town somewhere, you know, and 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 the, it's now it's now part of the family fabric of the family uh-huh. you know uh, where should we go for dinner and somebody will mention the name <laughs> of that restaurant you know right and we all get a good laugh like right the, at the time it was ugh, right it was terrible food bad service right a dingy place and you uh-huh. know it was the only thing available in this little town you know and and now it's like it brings us joy to think about it Interesting. You bring up a good point that we parents, I think we've forgotten, is good, bad, and, and indifferent. It becomes part of the fabric of our family. Oh, it does. And I see now, I really want to say, put down the phone, parents. I'm seeing so many times that there's a child with a parent, and the parent's on the phone. And the ch- they're missing the interaction with the child. And you and I both know raising teenagers, it actually starts about a decade earlier. Your child learns quickly, are you present? Are you paying attention to me? Yeah. And and if we if we're not through all those years, by the time we want them to be paying, and we catch on to the fact, hey, wait, you know they're going to be driving. I need to. The kid's like tuned out and has already registered their mind to pay attention to something else. Yeah. And so, everything comes back to creating the social fabric within our family. So we want to be present for that. And I would say that the distraction of the phone has been something that has really undermined parenting for the distraction aspect. And I totally get when you're pushing a stroller. And the phone is something else because it's mind-numbingly boring. But the child talks. They babble. They see things. And you catch on to the fact that even though it's babble, they're pointing. And they're trying to talk to you about the bird, the, the car. The babble is, I mean, one day they couldn't talk in in full sentences, and one day they can. Mm-hmm. So even though it seems like nonsense, it's not. Right. It's Every, not. It's part of the continuum. That's right. And they're mapping your speech when you talk back to them because yeah. you catch on to something. You know, I mean, uh, they they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was on the, the lucky enough to be on the tennis team in in college, and you know we go, we play home matches, we play away matches. The the way we much preferred because we all got to travel, you know, mm-hmm. we, and stay in a motel and, uh-huh. and you know that kind An of adventure, stuff. Uh-huh. eat in a restaurant and that, that kind of thing. But but sometimes you'd uh, maybe beat somebody that you probably shouldn't have beaten. You weren't as good as they were, but you mm-hmm. just had a real good day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the matches were just real close. You know, either person could win. And then every now and then, you would just play awful. You would mm-hmm. play awful. You would lose to somebody. You, I mean, in the real world of sports, you shouldn't have lost to that person. You, they mm-hmm. It was a were, surprise. They were right. nowhere near as talented as you were. And yet, when we have our reunions, the, the team gets together. That's all they talk about. <laughs> and we all laugh about it. Right. You remember when you laughed to that guy? Oh, you were terrible that day. Oh, you couldn't even get your serving. You know, it's uh-huh. like, and we're all laughing about it. Right. You know, like, like and you, you actually leave the reunion thinking, I'm kind of glad I lost to that guy. Hmm. You know? Right. Like, I'm kind of glad I lost to him because... It's now funny. It is. How interestingly, the, the team kind of buffered it for you in a way, made it funny. Yeah. And that really goes back to the family and what the family does, the social fabric. We cushion the difficulties for our children. And then tying that in with the cell phone presence and the distraction it's creating and the mental health of our youth and, the, and, and how lost they're feeling is they've lost that cushion within the family, within their parents to catch on. Um, I was talking to a middle school teacher, and he said, oh, I got to go. I'm going to do a talk for the, middle, for the middle school kids on suicide. And I was like, wait, what? And, and, and I said, tell me about it real quick. What's, what's causing it? Why are we seeing this? And he said two things, social media and lack of family dinners. 
They don't have the time to sit across from their parent that looks them in the eye and says, you look upset. What happened today? Yeah. And that goes back to when they have some place to deposit the difficulties, that unburdens them. But also they need our voice, our well, context. Yeah, you know, and you can tell you can tell with just about anybody, whether it's a sibling, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a kid, maybe it's one of your parents. You can tell what it's a fake smile. How was school today? Yes. Oh, it was fine. Yeah. You know, yes. and they're about to cry. Uh-huh. And, you know. And, and, and sometimes you need to probe. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's mom's the better one to do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes dad's the better one to do it. I mean, uh, yeah, we're both their parents. We both love them equally. Mm-hmm. But, but. It's not that one has a better relationship with a kid than another, but but some you they know, feel more just, connected. Yes. Yeah. There's just yeah. A, uh, this kind of story. They're more willing to share with dad. This kind of story. They're right. More, and, and gender figures into it and everything right. else. You know, but um, and sometimes you have to kind of probe it because you you know that not that something's not that right. Something's not quite right. You know, mm-hmm. and and you're right. It it it. it it gets it out. Mm-hmm. It gets it in the open. It, it's mom and dad now know about this. Um, they're they're going to help me with it, uh, whether it's a, a concrete thing that needs to be done or it's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Somebody they had a breakup or they right. they had a bad time with their friends or because they are wired to have us walk alongside them. Yeah, and if we don't, they will find someone else that will. Yeah. Whether it's their peers or someone outside, another adult figure. The human being is wired for that, you know. Yeah. Like I, my father-in-law used to say, "Look how God designed it. Parents get here first. They're here about 25, 30 years, and then you Without show exception, up." Yeah, parents yeah, get here first. that's right. And so we have the life experiences. We know that the rules of the road, so to speak, and we've that's gotten distracted. We've lost sight of that. And coupled with that, we think as parents that we're only being good parents. We've got our kids in so many activities, enrichment activities, the chess club, the the lessons, the the comp, the dis, the dis. So it's multiple things. And so the family is it's just completely stretched. Not like, okay, this is your talent. We're going to enrich this right now. The most balanced I saw is every child had one thing, not two and three things apiece yep. when you've got. And, and that affects it. And so the kids need to know, especially as they, as they encounter things. I remember my daughter when she started high school, she'd throw her backpack down every day. Mom, you're not going to believe what I saw today. And she needed to unload and she needed to talk about it. And it was depositing it, and then it was bigger. I could provide the bigger context to, to help her navigate through it and how she would do that. And so I want to remind parents that it's, it's, it's mind-numbing at times, but it's so critical. It's the most critical role, and I believe it's actually the, probably the biggest saint-making role in humanity because it's 7 by 24. It's consistent. Yep. And we've every parent, I've met a, a grandmother once that said she was raising her kids in the 60s. Five teenagers at one time in the 60s when society was just, from what we knew at that time, totally coming unwrapped. And she said it was the hardest thing to try to steer them through it. But it gave me that foothold. Parents, sometimes they're raising their teenagers through a more critical time. And things were coming in and telling them what they should do and shouldn't do. And so we as parents, going back to what you're talking about, framing the day in Deuteronomy 6, 5, 9, Therefore you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart and your whole being and your whole strength. Then it goes on to say, keep repeating them to your children. And then it goes on further. Do it every day. Do it at mealtimes. Write it on your door. Write it on your sleeve. It's a list of basically getting it so ingrained. This is, you're teaching your children God and what you said about modeling we're mm. modeling God for them because that old thing about more is caught than taught they watch us what do we do yeah. how do we like you said with the ambulance what do you do you turn to a prayer I want them to always always know that God exists that God is ever present mm-hmm. that Jesus is ever present that that they're not, not not they're watching you like uh, don't screw up no. God, god's watching you but that god's there god is real no matter what your problem no matter how far you've sunk or how high you've gotten mm-hmm. um you god's god's always there mm-hmm. and god always wants you to come back or to to, to, to turn to him, right? Or, you know, to turn to him at all times in in all ways. That that 
that's foundational to everything. Mm-hmm. Period. There's, if you have that foundation, everything's going to be fine. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have that foundation, you can be the most successful person in the world, and you have no success. Right, and you have the gnawing sense that things aren't quite. It's not quite well, enough and, and money, sooner, right? Sooner or later, the richest person in the world is lying in a bed with terminal cancer or right. terminal something. Right, everybody you know, is. I mean, you look at the most, the strongest, most capable, richest, best-looking, mm-hmm. whatever, all the way through it, in the year 1800, there's not a single one of them. <laughs> there's not a single one of them made it through. That's true. you, you got to figure, okay, some of those guys, they're, they're just so tough, they're going right. to make it through. An- another 300 years. Yeah, they're not here. No, they're not. They're not no. here. 200 and something years. Yeah, yes, and, they're and not. most of them don't have... Uh, monuments to them and That's even true. if they did they're not here and we know that every one of them we get inside of it they have an achilles heel they yeah, have something yeah. they can't make peace Truly. with it and they can have all of that but that next dollar well that might not be enough right we know from parables and stories in the bible it's the same thing it's never enough well, it's never you were enough the richest man in the world and now you're only number four right you know right and that bothers them i mean it's, 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 ama- bothers it's them. always amazing to me when i see some somebody who's really, 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 really rich, and he's proposing to the city to build this or that, you know, and it's uh-huh. just, and I go, wow, when's it enough? Right. You know? Right, well, as we know, actually, it's not, because they're, they keep chasing something when that center, like St. Augustine said, the, the whole, the, we, ha- we are wired for God, and we don't get away from it, we cannot. So we have to turn our children back to them, but we, if, we were, if we live it, through the difficulty, through the chaos, then that gives them the foundation like you've done with your children. And that's the biggest the biggest thing and the best thing we can do. And for those that are running off the rails, okay, we're coming back to God. We got nothing else. We're going to start going to adoration. We're going to have the rosary after dinner. We're just going to say grace, and you're going to see me change. My wealth is not able to fix the health of someone in the family that we love. We can't. My wealth can't fix that. But So we're, we're, turning, we're changing everything. We're putting our family back to God. Very well said. Thank you. Jane, thanks so much. It was good to be here. Thank you. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again real soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open Uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. Well, here I am in a river of questions Can I pour my heart out to a listening I see this life, its valleys and mountains.
And I think of all the roads that brought me here, all oh, that brought me here. I've questioned my reasons This life I'm living I question my ability To judge wrong from right Well I questioned all the things I've ever called certain My race, my religion My country, my mind 